This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. We have a series from John's Gospel, chapter 3, called Quintessence, and we're looking into John, chapter 3, specifically over a six-week period, this is week 4, where we're looking very closely at what God says about who He is, who we are, and it's just really what we call the Gospel, the good news about Jesus, compacted into this one part of the Bible, this one chapter, John, chapter 3. So we've been into this, we've been listening into this, and we've been learning into this, and we're going to have another go this morning. Quintessence is the most perfect or typical example or representation. It's the essence of a thing in its purest and most concentrated form. The gospel, the good news about Jesus, concentrated into this one chapter. Jesus is revealed in this chapter as holy God and the quintessential human. He is the most perfect or typical example of God to us. He's an example and a prototype for us of how we should live. So there's so much crammed into here that we can learn from. For some of us, it's fairly familiar, maybe very familiar, maybe not familiar at all. But irrespective of where we're at on that scale, there's something we can learn from John chapter 3. God proved his love for us by sending his son. So we don't have to wonder, does God love me? Does God interested in me? Does God even care what happens to me? Absolutely, equivocally, very, very clear, it's proved by God sending his son Jesus. Jesus came to make guilty people not guilty, condemned people uncondemned, and he came to make spiritually dead people eternally alive to him. So that's all the good things that come to us because of Jesus. No matter who we are or what we may have done, the verdict for us is not guilty because of what Jesus has done to us and he gives us that free forgiveness. So we're going to read just a couple of verses in John chapter 3. It will be on the screen for you as well to follow along, follow along in your paper Bible and your tablet, your smartphone, whatever, on the screen. Here it is, John 3.19. This is the verdict. God's light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds may be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. This is the verdict. God's light has come into the world. There's a massive statement categorically saying light has come. It's arrived. We're not waiting for Jesus to, to, to come for the, that, in that respect. Light has already come into the world. The light of God is his holiness, his righteousness, his goodness which is in contrast to the darkness, the sin, and the selfishness that we see in the world. Jesus is the opposite to that. His light, his holiness, his goodness, his righteousness, all of that stuff is what we see when we see Jesus. And his light shines, God's light shines and shows us who Jesus is. And from a reflection of seeing who Jesus is, we see who we are beside God. So here it is, that's a quintessence. Light is, the part, is part of the essence of 
of God. Now, in the Old Testament, light is associated with God and his, his word. It's associated with his goodness, with his truth, with his presence, with his people, and so on. So there are loads of kind of examples where it talks about God's light in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament. In the Old Testament specifically, there's a guy called David, King David, who went through some really, really dark times in his life. And most of us have dark times in our lives. That's kind of normal. We have our ups and downs. It's not always easy, like, but that's, that's just life. But for David, he has some very, very dark times in his life. But he was able to say about God, he made an emphatic statement saying, God, you are my light and my salvation. So I'm struggling right now, God. This is a tough time. Some of these problems I've got, I brought on myself, but this is a dark period. But God, you are my light and my salvation. So that speaks to me and to you that no matter what we're going through, how matter, how matter, no matter how dark it might seem to us right now, God can be our light and our salvation. You know, it's described there, darkness can describe a place of worry, of, of distress, of, of trouble, or of sadness, or, or sorrow, all these kind of things that life can do to us. But light is the opposite of this with God. And God filled David with confidence. His fear was dispelled when he put his trust in God. Then we move into the New Testament, and it continues with these themes. It says, in Timothy, it says, God dwells in unapproachable light. That gives us a picture of how brilliance of God's presence, how incredible it is. There's no darkness with God. There's no shadows with God. There's no, there's no question marks about motive or, or actions. Or, there's none of that with God. It's absolutely crystal clear in unapproachable light. He's also referred to as the father of lights. God is light. It is a recurring theme in the Bible. And just read a couple of verses back a couple, of, a couple of chapters before in John chapter 1. And then this kind of helps to illustrate again the point for us. 1 John verse 4 it says, in him, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it or put it out or understood it. There was a man named man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gave light to everyone was coming into the world. So that gives us a picture of who God is, who Jesus is. When God sent Jesus, light came to the world. He's described as the light of the world. He's told about as the true light that gives light to everyone. And John, but John recognizes at the same time when there's light and there's darkness, there's a conflict between the two. There's the good things in this world and there's the, th- the bad things in this world. There's sometimes a, a seems to be a struggle between good and bad, light and darkness. But the, the Bible is very clear that light cannot overcome darkness. Uh, light will overcome darkness. Darkness cannot overcome light. You know, you can be in a really dark uh, uh, situation. You can be underground with, with, with absolutely total blackness, no natural light, but just a small torch or a candle could illuminate a massive place. So it makes a huge difference that light always overcomes darkness, not the other way, way around. So if we're in a dark place, 
we're involved in maybe dark things and not doing things we ought to be doing, then we can know that God's light can shine into our lives and transform that and make all the difference to us. Light has come into the world. Let me give you just a couple of quick things about light. First of all, light makes vision possible. It makes it possible for us to see. You need light to be able to see. It doesn't matter how many carrots you eat, you still need light to see. You may have conned your children, you know, you've got to eat your carrots, you won't be able to see, see in the dark. I don't know how true that is, but, you know, we've got to eat our vegetables. What's this going on with kale? Kale's like taking over the world. It's like a superfood that everyone... I don't want to eat it. I'm not... I'm not eating it. But no matter what your diet is of vegetables, of carrots and kale or any other greens, it doesn't mean that you can see in the dark. You do actually need some light. In total darkness, the only way to see is light. And light brings sight and understanding. You know, sometimes we use the expression, don't we? Or, let, let, let's, let's, let's see, let, let, let's, you know, let's, I'm not sure what I'm looking at. Let me really see what I'm looking at. You mean you want some more light on the subject so you can understand what's going on. And sometimes our lives can be like that. I kind of, kind of see the way forward. I'm not sh- quite sure where I'm up to. I, I'm not quite sure where I'm at right now. But we need some illumination on that to see the way forward. My light makes it possible for us to see things as they really are. And Jesus came to take us out of darkness to show us who he is and to show us who we are, we are in the reflection of that light. John eight twelve says, Jesus said this about himself, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What a promise that is. Jesus said, put your trust in me, follow me, and you'll never be in darkness again. You'll always have light so you know the way forward. You might not know beyond another step or two in front of you. You might not know how the future is going to be panned out. You know, we all, perhaps many of us make plans for the future, and sometimes what happens, life happens to us, and the future doesn't quite look like we thought it would look like. But in spite of what happens, we still have the light of God to illuminate, to help us to see how things really are. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. He comes to give us a light. He comes to make vision possible. He comes to give us clarity so that we can see the way forward. Jesus said himself again in John 12, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. How good, what a promise that is. You know, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm in this darkness. I, I don't quite know the way forward. Jesus said, well, that's why I came. I came to bring light into your situation so you can see light clearly. Light makes vision possible. Number two, light also reveals. This week I've been doing a bit of decorating and uh, painting the walls of a bedroom. Not that particularly interesting to you, but I'm just telling you anyway. And so we're changing it from builder's magnolia to white. So you paint it, and, and uh, you think that's not looking so bad, and I did a couple of coats. But then you come back in the following morning, and in the bright light you think, hmm, I've missed a bit. There's areas that need finishing. The light illuminates what that really looks like. Just a little tip if you get a decorator in. It's not funny to say you've missed a bit. It's not. So 
I come back to it in the morning thinking, I thought I would kind of finished, but I need to put some more paint on that wall. Light shows me exactly how it is. Light reveals. And you know, sometimes if we want to be doing things that we don't want anyone else to know about, we're probably not doing them in broad daylight. If we, all of us perhaps have things in our lives that we kind of keep in the dark. Well, when God's light shines on us, it, it can be uncomfortable because it's saying, you need to do something about that. You need to ask forgiveness. You need to ask for help. You need to ha- ask for my strength to overcome that difficulty or that challenge in your life. But that's what life do, light does. It brings it reveals. The psalmist David again in Psalm 119 says, By your words I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. If you get up in the middle of the night, and it might be just because of my age, but if you get up in the middle of the night and you, there's somewhere you need to be, it, it probably helps, even though you're well orientated with the bedroom, it probably helps to put on a light. Because in the darkness, if it's total black, you might think you know the way, but light makes all the difference. So he's the psalmist saying, God, when you shine your light on me, I know where to go. I know the direction of the path that I need to take. It's so vital because light reveals. And you know, sometimes when it shines on me, God's light shines on me, it kinda, it's exposing things in my life that I need to deal with. That is not comfortable, but it can be if I put it right. And so God's light has come, it shines on us, and it gives us opportunity to do something. Number three, light brings life. Life on earth would be impossible without light. Now, I'm not a scientist, so you may challenge me, so I won't go into too much uh, detail. But basically, for things to grow, they need light. We would all accept that, that scientific fact. Vegetation needs light. It's called photosynthesis. And that's what happens, and, and it turns the light into energy for the plant to grow. Not going to say any more than that because I'm not a scientist. But here's a question If a plant is sad, do the other plants photosympathize with it? That's my best and only photosynthesis joke. It won't get better than that. But light brings life. It makes life possible. And Christians have the light of life, God's light in their lives. And because of that, it makes spiritual life possible, that we can come alive because of the light of God in our lives. Jesus said this about himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he's saying, I am the light. And when the light of God shines on us, we can have God's life and light in our lives. Christians have that. He is our life. That's what, he is our life and our light. That's what he brings. Next one is light brings joy. Joy is much more better than happiness. Happiness comes and goes. Happiness is so dependent on so many external things that we have no control over. Happiness is dependent on happenings by very definition. What happens might make me happy one day, not so happy the other day. Someone says something nice to me one day, that's great. Someone's not very nice to me the day after, that's not so great. So it can be very dependent. But the joy that God brings is not dependent on external circumstances. It's not dependent on happenings. How people are with me on a particular day, whether, you know, 
the car doesn't start or, or, or something goes wrong at work or, 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 you know, problems at home. Whatever it is, the joy of God is not reliant on that and it remains consistent no matter what. When it comes into autumn and winter, some people who perhaps have problems with depression can suffer SAD syndrome, which is seasonal affective disorder. And again, that's probably basically because there's lack of light, and that makes them feel a bit fed up and depressed. The darkness in their lives brings that down. And it can do that to us, can't it? Darkness, dark situations, dark periods in our life can kind of, kind of crush us uh, but because we can't see the way forward. But when God shines his light into that situation, it transforms everything. Because that goes and joy comes and joy remains. Uh, the psalmist, uh, sorry, in Isaiah it says, Isaiah 60, the Lord will be your everlasting light and your days of sorrow will end. Joy comes when God shines his light into our light. Light brings joy and light dispels fear. That's why we have streetlights. We all love paying our council tax. Yay. But one of the things that's spent on is street lighting. And street lighting makes us feel more secure. If you're walking along a darkened street, you probably feel less secure than you do when you walk along a lit street. When you have children, sometimes they say, I'm afraid of the dark, so I'll leave a light on or I'll put a, a night light on. We, we, we bring the light into the situation so it dispels fear. That's what happens when God shines his light onto our lives. We get a perspective, and it might seem difficult, impossible, a struggle, but God's light transforms that, and he gets that, get rid of that fear. There's, with Jesus, there's no need to fear. Because we have a secure future in him. With Jesus, we know that he'll never abandon us, never forsake us, never leave us. With Jesus, we know we've got a confidence in our God that no matter what might happen, God's with us no matter what. So light dispels fear. It makes sense of the past, the present, and the future. So if you're fearful this morning, might be all sorts of different reasons. Let me encourage you to look to Jesus because his light can shine and dispel that fear. Next one is light brings hope. And this is so true. Sometimes you've got something on your mind, you're you're worried about something, you're troubled about something, and it can be a real sort of a a challenge and a struggle. And, uh, you know, at night it seems to get worse, doesn't it? When you you can't sleep, it's dark, and you're kind of going over and over in your mind this particular problem you've got right now. You're worried about maybe a family member or you're worried about your job or you're worried about your health or it could be a hundred different things. And when you go over them and over them in your mind at night, they seem to uh, get bigger and bigger and bigger. The problem seems to expand. But how wonderful it is very often when we wake up in the morning and come into the light, it gives us a perspective again. It doesn't get rid of the problem, but it probably puts it back into perspective. For me, when I wake up and say, yeah, it's a new day, God, God, come on, help me through this day, it brings that situation into perspective. It might still be a tr- struggle, it might be something I'm concerned about, but it does bring hope. And God's light has come into the world, and that has brought hope for everybody. Even in impossible, seemingly, situations, light brings hope. 
There's absolutely no question about it. Jesus says, light has come into the world. Even when it looks pretty dark, we have hope. So I'm loving the fact that God's light has come into this world. I'm loving the fact that there's hope in God, that he brings us that kind of hope. Never hopeless. Christians who trust God, we're never hopeless. We're never totally at a loss. We're never at the end because there's always hope. There's always hope with God and we can have that secure future in him. But in this scripture, when it talks about in John 3 about the light has come, it also talks about in verse 21, whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. So I just want to speak for a moment about living in the light and what that is kind of, what that looks like or living by the light. Christians have have been called out of darkness into a wonderful light, 1 Peter chapter 2. Um, Verse 21 says, whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. And for Christians, how we live matters, okay? It absolutely matters matters because we can't knowing what we know knowing that God's light is in our life that we know who Jesus is and he's given us perspective of who we are and what our future is and what the what our potential is because of all of that and when we realize how much God loves us and that God has forgiven us it gives us a responsibility of how we live so how we live matters not just how many times we come to church or, or how often we read our Bible. All these things are important. But actually, it also important is how we live. It's vital how we live. Knowing when God shines light in areas of our lives that we need, know we need to stop doing or areas we need to start doing something, we can't just ignore them. We need to do something about it. We need to turn around. We need to change and start living right for God. So living by the light means that we, we are careful how we live. We're determined to live by the truth of God's word. We're no longer, ch- we've chosen light above darkness. We're not doing things in secret. We've decided to be people of integrity. We've decided to be people who make a difference in our world and so on. That's what living for God looks like. So living, for, living by the light provokes action. There's absolutely no question that as a Christian, how we think about other people absolutely matters. We can't take a position where we, where we, as Pete encouraged us this morning, how we respond to all the horribleness and hatred and rubbish and, and evil in the world. The only way that Jesus teaches to respond to that is by loving people and not accepting and saying it's, they can do what they want. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we have to respond to the evil and the darkness with love. And every day we have an opportunity to do that. Every day when we meet with people who might seem to be negative and, 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 and just can't see anything good about anything, we can speak truth and life and light into those situations. We can be a peacemaker where there is turmoil. I'll bet this week that you'll have opportunities to do that. There will be times when people are arguing or falling out or whatever and you, know, you get the opportunity to be piggy in the middle. You get the opportunity to make a difference and you get the chance to be a peacemaker, to be an encourager. We are not the source of the light, but God's called us as we live in the light to be an encourager. When John was writing this, he's, he was quite clear. God, I know I'm not the light, but I've come to bring the light. I've come to be an example. I've come to be a reflector of the light. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness rather than light. 
And you know, sometimes when we uh, shine light into situations, people can become a little uncomfortable because it's kind of exposing areas perhaps in their lives that they need to put right. Now, as Christians, we don't condemn people. As Christians, we don't judge people. The Bible's clear that that's not our role to do. But sometimes, just by living right before God, it can have that effect on people. But you just keep living well. You just keep living right. You just keep loving God. You just keep loving people. You just keep serving everyone and everyone we can and let the Holy Spirit do the rest and he can bring people into relationship. We are not the source of the light God is, but he's chosen us to reflect his light so that other people can come to know him as Lord and Savior, so that other people can come and find forgiveness from God, so that other people can have a relationship with God that is, gives them hope and a future. When we live right, we can make others feel a little uncomfortable, but hey, let's keep living right and point them in the right direction. Jesus said he was the light of the world. Light has come into the world. Will the musicians uh, come and join me? That would be awesome. Thanks, guys. God's light has come into the world. John 1, 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. New life brings light. It makes seeing possible. Just celebrated today a young life. It's wonderful when we see a new birth. So beautiful to see new birth. And we see all the potential. And this child has got a vision, something in in front of them. Well, I want you to know this morning that we all have, whether we're young, old, or somewhere in between, we've got a future in God. A new life in God gives us, helps us to see that that is. The light that God gives is not a a temporary thing. It's not something that will make us feel better for a while. But relationship with God is something that lasts. The light that God gives takes us out of darkness. And as we've read, darkness cannot quench it. It can't overcome it. It can't put it out. It's impossible. So why, when God offers us this light, would we choose to remain in the dark? Because God's light has come. And the opportunity for all of us is that we can receive God's light into our lives. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.